Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. I just felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of telling me, reminding me this morning. What you feel in here, what happens in here, what what God speaks is that's available to you every day. So I want you to remember that, like these moments, you could feel like this all the time. And I think that's really important because I think that sometimes we get into that, and we're going to go into this a little bit, we go into that spiritual junkie mode where we think, okay, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to make it to the next camp. Has anyone, be honest, has anyone ever done that? I just need to make it to the next camp. Yeah. You're not alone. So I want you to know this is how Jesus, this is what is available to you all the time. This is not any part of what I'm going to say today, but Jesus wants to commune with you and have relationship with you and speak to you and heal you and redeem you. And we're going to talk about that and I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I did want to honor our pastors. They're not in the room quite yet, but I am who I am because of Pastor Tracy, and I'm so honored, and I do not take this lightly. She, she taught me not only just to preach the word, but to love the Bible. I don't preach the word because I like preaching. I preach the word because I love the Bible, and I love Jesus, and she is the example of that. Pastors Tracy and Garrison have built something so special here. And I know in a college and young adult ministry, it's easy to kind of be transient, like you're here for a little bit and then you move on. But what is happening here is going to launch you for the rest of your life. And I honor them for building that and, and seeing the importance of that because it is, it is a group of people that we only have for a little bit. And Pastor Rob probably relates to this in youth ministry. You have them for a short period of time and you want to make a huge impact. Pastors Tracy and Garrison are making a huge impact. So when you see them, just thank them. They have built this. They have labored this in the spirit and in prayer for us. What a gift. And I honor them and I'm so thankful. Let's get into the word, okay? Can you open your Bibles to Hebrews? Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one. We're going to put it on behind me. We're going to read four verses. And what we're, we're going to talk about Jesus this morning. So people keep being like, what are you speaking on? Jesus. And I didn't mean it in a cheeky way. We're literally just going to talk about Jesus. If you like, if you, stop. Okay. Um, if you like titles, I like titles. Um, the title today is The Magnificent Obsession. The Magnificent Obsession. I don't know. I just, I like those dramatic things, you know? I like books. I like titles. I read a book called The Glorious Disturbance, kind of the same idea. The Magnificent Obsession, the glorious sequel to The Glorious Disturbance. Just kidding. Hebrews chapter one, verse one says this, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Just kidding. It doesn't say that. I'm not, I don't even know Star Wars. I don't know why I made a Star Wars joke. I don't know what happens. I make sports and Star Wars jokes, two things that I, I like sports actually a lot, but I make jokes on things that I don't normally talk about. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke, say spoke, to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Can we pray? Amen. Amen. That was good on its own. I could just walk out and see ya. Okay, let's pray. 
Lord, I thank you for every person in the room. God, I thank you that you are available and you're listening and that you love us. And God, we thank you for the word of God that when it's brought forth, God, I thank you that it's always transformative. I thank you that your word is alive and active and more powerful than any word any man could say. So God, this morning, our ears are listening to what you're saying. Jesus, we adore you. We love you. We worship you. We fix our attention right now on you. Right now, I even just pray, God, for even just no distractions in the room. God, we even thank you that our minds would be, thank you, Isaiah says, blessed is those whose minds are stayed on you. We, we steady and stay our minds on you this morning. Thank you, God. Use me as a vessel. God, let me say only what you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? All right. I wanted to talk about, I love Hebrews. I'm, I'm taking a class on Hebrews, so I'm not surprised that I'm probably all of my content for the whole rest of the year is going to be out of Hebrews because it's so good. Hebrews is really fascinating to me because we don't exactly know who wrote it and it's written very differently than other books in the New Testament. So for example, if you open one of Paul's letters, he'll say, I, Paul, an apostle, a Lord, sponsor of the Lord Jesus Christ to you, Rome, in church in Rome. Like he knows, we know who's saying it, who they're writing to. Hebrews literally starts long ago at many times and in many ways. We actually don't know who wrote it. Some people assume it's Paul. Some people think it's Apollos. Some people think it's Barnabas. Some people think it's a woman. Um, there's, like a, there's a German scholar from the 1800s that is like really stuck on the fact that it's a woman. I disagree because later the author uses some male pronouns um, later in, in the chapter to kind of describe himself. So I think it's a man, but I don't know. Maybe it was a woman scared to kind of ghostwrite and she said she was, I don't know, who knows? doesn't matter. The, what what's I think is important, though, and what's fascinating is that we don't know who wrote it because this is God speaking to us. And it's so funny because the, the way that it's written out is like a sermon. You could read all of Hebrews in about 35 to 40 minutes, and it's written out like a sermon. And it talks about the magnificence of Jesus. And why, like, I, I was kind of thinking through, you know, why is it written so differently? And I think because... The main point is not addressing a church issue necessarily, not addressing like a social dilemma at the time. It's talking about why Jesus is superior. Now, at the time this was written, there's a lot of Christians who they know Jesus, they believe in Jesus, these early Christians. They've left, you know, traditional Hasidic Judaism to follow Jesus and the pressure to stay and, and to the pressure to leave is really high. People don't want, they're like, Jesus was not the Messiah. He was just a really anointed prophet. He was a really good speaker. He was a great man and we should honor him as such, but you know, he wasn't our Lord and savior. And so there's a lot of pressure to leave Jesus. And so the whole theme of Hebrews, if you were to put one sentence on Hebrews, it's don't leave Jesus. Don't leave. And I think a lot of things in our present age try to shake us from Jesus. We live in a culture that makes our brains scrambled eggs. And it makes us question, like, is that really God? Is that really Jesus? Is he really who he says he is? Is he really Lord? Is he really all that this church has talked him up to be? People are deconstructing their faith. People are walking away. People are giving into culture. People are giving into their feelings. People are saying, you know what? It wasn't a real experience with God. But this, this book was written to say, no, Jesus is superior. Jesus is worth sticking around for. And if you think it's only relevant to the people in the past and not today, I don't know what world you're living in. Because every day I'm like, God, help me not leave. 
No, just kidding. But I just think it's just funny because I was reading this and I was so, this word is not just for people who are just meeting Jesus or have been walking for him, with him for a long time. This is really transformative for all of us. Um, and we need something to hold on to, to hold fast and keep going. Has it ever been hard to keep going? Raise your hand. If you're not, you're lying. It's hard to keep going. It's hard to finish. How many of you are really good starters? amazing starter. I can start a diet. I can start a book. I can start a project. I can start a hobby. I can start a gym routine. How many of you are like good finishers? Okay. So we have, so how many of you are good liars? Leave your hands up. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but it is easy to start things. And that's why I think the Bible, the Bible again and again, like Ecclesiastes say, better is the end of a thing than a beginning because anybody can start, but it's hard to stay. My friends and I, we read the Bible in 30 days. We read it together every January. I'm not done. It is no longer January, and I'm not done yet. I have a couple more days to do. So I'm doing the Bible in 45 days instead. But I'm going to finish it. But it is. It is. It's easy to not stay. So what is the reason? Hebrews is saying, what is the reason to stick with this Jesus guy? What is the reason to stay with him? Okay? There is difficulty to following him. It's not perfect. It's not this like beautiful candy land, sunshine and rainbows every day that you follow him. There are some hard things about following Jesus. But guess what? The magnificence of Jesus and who he is empowers our human spirit to stay strong. And there, if you want to learn one thing, if you want to know one thing, it's how magnificent and glorious he is, is reason enough to stay. So today we're going to talk about seven aspects. This, the writer of Hebrews puts out seven aspects of how brilliant, how beautiful, how awesome God is. And this is seven reasons to stay, okay? Don't leave Jesus. So verse two says this, in the last days he has spoken to us, we're going to put it back up. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he created the world. We've been talking about this at Young Adults, hearing God, hearing from God, okay? This is, this is really interesting. He goes, in, in, the, in, the, in the past, we've heard through the prophets, okay? We've read Isaiah, we've read Psalms, we've read Jeremiah. God has spoken through the prophets, but Jesus has been sent not just to be a message from God, he was a message in himself. So Jesus is speaking to you. John 1 says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word. So Jesus, so let's, let's, let's put that right out of the gate. Jesus has come to speak to you. And this person of Jesus we're going to talk about today is the one speaking to you today. We want, we're learning about like, okay, first we need to identify, Pastor Tracy said this, that he does speak, how he speaks, how to listen. This is the person who's speaking to you. Okay. So we're, verse two says, in the last days he's spoken us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, but through whom he created the world it would seem like God is the one speaking in this and he's giving kind of this mega resume about his son. And if you've never met a proud dad that brags about their boy, you would understand what's going to happen in these next couple of chapters. Like they, he couldn't even like, sometimes dads, they kind of go too far. Like, okay, your kid was not a starter. He didn't have much playtime, but man, if you talk to dad, he's like in the qualifiers like he's he's going somewhere he's going big places he's the he's the smartest man ever you know like my parents would brag I'm like I didn't that didn't happen I'm that that wasn't true 
didn't get that. I mean, I, I liked school, but I wasn't like a 4.9 like Kaylee King or anything. It wasn't crazy. She's actually so smart. Um, but I just, I, it's funny because you hear that God the Father is about to just unfold all of these things. He's going to brag about his son. And what I love about Jesus is there's not just a couple ways to describe him. There would never be enough things to, enough words to use to describe Jesus. You could describe me in like three words, like brown hair, loves Jesus, isn't as funny as she thinks she is. Okay, three words. Okay, but Jesus, you can't nail him down to three words. I mean, you could try to, but you can pile on phrases and phrases and phrases, and it would never be enough to describe who Jesus really is. So God's about to put out the, the best resume I've ever seen. And if you were ever to need a reason to stay strong and to press in and to lean into Jesus, this is what it is. So let's do the first one. Number one is this, Jesus the heir. Like H-E-I-R, not A-I-R. He's the heir. He's all around us. The heir, like as in the one who inherits, okay? So verse two says, he whom he appointed the heir of all things. That's a reference to Psalm verse two. Psalm 2, verse 8, that says, I appointed him heir over the nations are your inheritance. Jesus is the heir of all things. So what does that mean? Everything belongs to him. You belong to him. I belong to him. The, cre the creation belongs to him. Your heart actually does belong to him. He paid a high price for it. Your mind, your thought life actually belongs to him. He's the one who owns it. And even the things that you don't know that he has claim over, he has claim over, okay? And this is groundbreaking for me because I think about like, I think about things sometimes that are hard to give up. You know, those things that are hard to give to Jesus. He actually already, he's, he's over all of those things. He actually has inherited, God has given him the inheritance of the nations, our hearts, our songs. This church is his inheritance. And this would have actually been groundbreaking to the ancient people that were reading this letter because they could identify, like the Jewish people could identify, we're the chosen ones, we're God's special possession. We are the inheritors. Inheritors is probably not a word. We're the heirs of all this stuff, like the temple, the city, the Holy Land, whatever. So they would have been like, we're the heirs. The Roman people who Rome was occupying ancient Israel, they would have thought, you know, we're heirs. You know, we are Romans and Rome has taken over and this is their territory, so we're the heirs. Well, who's this, who's this Jesus? He was killed as a criminal. You're telling me that this man who was killed like a criminal is killed is actually the one who's the heir and inherits all of it? And God says, yes. Because he's not going to come how I, you thought he was going to come. He's going to come in, this own, in his own way. Okay? So Jesus is the heir. Number two, Jesus the creator. I love this because I actually didn't think about this until I was reading, studying on this scripture. So it says in verse two, through whom also he created the world. By the Father's authority, Jesus created the world. He, creation came through by the Father's plan Jesus's words and the spirit's release of power. Okay. So the father had this plan. Jesus spoke it and the spirit released the power. That's powerful. That's the, the Godhead working together to create the world. Jesus is the creator. And it's funny because this word through whom he created the world, a common word for world would be cosmos. Our pastor loves that word. Cosmos would be our physical world and space that we know. But that's actually not the word used here. The actual word here used is ionis, which is ages, timelines, 
um, eons. That's where we get the word eons. So not only did he create our physical world and this physical space in our hearts and our minds, he created the timeline which he was going to display his glory. That makes me think like trying to like think about infinity. It's kind of hard. He created this huge timeline. He created the ages. He created the, the, he created time. He created beyond what we, our knowledge of the expanse of the universe. He created those things. So that means that there's no accidents. If that's true, if that's true, then that means that there is no accident in creation. And if anyone ever told you that you were not on purpose and that you were an accident, that is not true because Jesus is a creator and he couldn't imagine a world without you. And I want to speak to that because that is in our generation. This generation was chosen to live or not live, but you were chosen and you were not an accident and you being here is on purpose and you being in this room, God is meeting you here. And it is not just a happenstance that you happen to get work off and you happen to drive up with a friend who had gas in their tank and you happen to have $115. There is no accidents. God created you. Jesus created you and he wants to be with you. And we're going to get into that. And I'm going to get ahead of myself. There are no accidents. Jesus is a creator. Number three, verse three goes on to say, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, which I would say that Jesus, the revealer, number three, Jesus, the revealer, he reveals in person to us personally, what God is truly like. Jesus reveals, it's kind of like when you, you, I hope you don't go out and just stare at the sun, right? I, I, you'd probably be wearing some pretty thick glasses if you did. But we do go out and see everything that the sun touches, right? We see um, rays of light. We, see, we can see because of the light. It's kind of like God and Jesus. Jesus is the radiance of the Father, okay? So he is a display of his glory, an exact image of his. If you want to know God, you know Jesus. We try to fraction them and, and, and move them apart and say that I, I, I can relate to Jesus, but I can't relate to God. And that's impossible. You, you relate to them together as one. So Jesus, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And um, what's cool about that is <laughs> Colossians 1.16 says, by him all things were created, right? Which also would mean by him all things are revealed. So Jesus is, has come to reveal to you what God is like. And I wrote this down. Paul in 2 Corinthians applies this radiance to us. The streaming of God's brightness in the face of Jesus through the person of Jesus enters our heart and his radiance shines through us. So that's something really interesting because you know that let your light shine, you learn that in preschool. Let your light shine. Well, it, let Jesus shine through you as God is shining through Jesus. That's so cool. Like you picture like this beam of light and then this like mirror thing. And then it's like to you. It's like, I don't know. I'm not very, I'm not very good at explaining things visually, but second Corinthians four says it is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus reveals God's nature by relating to us personally, okay? Jesus is a revealer. Number four, Jesus the sustainer. This is my favorite one. Jesus the sustainer. Verse three continues and says, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So what does that mean? That means that all things, Colossians talks about this, all things are brought together through him and he upholds all things. 
So Jesus is the sustainer. If he can sustain the universe, if he can sustain time, if he can sustain life, creation, he can sustain you. He can sustain your story. He can sustain what's going on in your heart right now. He can sustain you in discouragement. He can sustain you in sickness. He can uphold you. He can be strong when you are weak. Jesus is a sustainer. I love thinking about that. Like, I, I, I think we get so even almost accidentally full of ourselves. Like, this problem's too big. But like Pastor Tracy sings to Declan, he's got the whole world. He's got the whole, he's looking at me, world. Right? Right, Dak? He knows you and he sustains you and nothing's, do you ever think God thinks, that's just so overwhelming, I'm not going to deal with that. No, never, not one time. He can sustain you. He's capable and strong enough to sustain your life. It's some days it's easy for me to believe that. Some days it's hard for me to believe that. God, can you sustain my physical healing? God, can you sustain my discouragement? Yes, he can. He can sustain what's going on in here, okay? This is not stronger than him. So sometimes we ascribe for mental health reasons. We'll say, well, mentally, I just can't figure it out. My anxiety is just too big or my depression is just too strong. Those are real things, hear me. But God is bigger and stronger and he will sustain you. The whole point of following Jesus is that you're a little bit weak and he's a lot strong. Okay, that's the entire point. He is strong when he is made perfect. His strength, the Bible says, is made perfect in our weakness. Jesus is a sustainer. And if you want to learn more about that, you read Colossians 1 on your own time because it's so good. I was going to read it, but I don't know if I'm going to have time. Number five, Jesus, the redeemer. So it continues in verse three. After making purification for our sins. He made purification for our sin. Jesus has purged your sin. He paid the penalty already. It's already been done. Okay? And sometimes we think, and we try to kind of pick it back up. And be like, oh man, pick that sin back up. Pick this back up. It's already paid for. It's your responsibility to live like it's paid for. That's our responsibility. Okay? He paid it and he offered up his life, the greatest sacrifice, so that he could have a personal relationship with you. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, or maybe you're new to Jesus, but regardless, the, it should never be lost on us. Okay, I think we sometimes, we do this thing where we just get like cross comfortability, like, yeah, he did that. That was really cool. Thanks, God. He paid, he, he died. He took on, he stepped into our timeline, took on every sin, all the wrath, broke his body physically, died so that we could be in relationship with him, so that we could step in and, and be personal with him. Jesus is your redeemer. And this is the greatest demonstration of love and sacrifice that we will ever see in the world. You will never see anything greater and you never will. You know, we never have. This is a demonstration of love. Jesus is a redeemer. He's the redeemer. It's what he's in the business of doing. He knew. I think sometimes we, like, we kind of separate it like he didn't know. And then he's like, oh, bummer, now I got to die. He knew fully. <laughs> a bummer. What a bummer. He knew fully. He's a redeemer. He knows, you know. Number six. Jesus. So it continues in verse, where am I? Where am I? Verse three. He sat down. At the right hand of the majesty on high. This shows Jesus the ruler. Jesus sits enthroned in the heavens, ruling and reigning. Okay? 
So every, that means everything's under his feet. It kind of goes back to that he's the heir and he's inherited it. He rules over it. If it's over your head, guess what? It's still under his feet. It's, it, he rules and he reigns and he sits enthroned. It said, the Bible says the earth is his footstool, meaning that there's nothing that is outside of his authority. Okay? Even if it's overwhelming or if it's incomprehensible, it's under his authority. Okay? It's under his authority. He has been given all authority in heaven and earth. Okay? And that actually extends to you. You've been given authority. As one in relationship with Jesus, you have authority. We, you have way more authority. You have a crown on your head, way more than you think you do. And I have to remind myself of this every morning. I actually have more authority than I, than I think I do because I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. Therefore, his authority extends to us. He paid for it to be that way. The band can come up and we'll go into the last one. The whole band can just come up together. We don't have to do like the stages of like you and then you five minutes later. You can just all come up at the same time. It's less distracting, I think. Because you know, it's like every, we'll do phase, let's do phases. Vocalist and then the bass by itself, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Number seven, verse four says this. After, after having become as much superior to angels and the same as he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Number seven is Jesus over everything or Jesus supreme, like a supreme pizza. It puts everything on it. Okay. <laughs> That's why it's called that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> if you put everything on it, it means supreme, supreme, supreme. Jesus is superior to angels. Jesus is superior to powers. Jesus is superior to magic. Jesus is superior to um, palm reading, tarot cards. Those are real trendy right now. Jesus is superior to crystals. Shocker. And guess, he's, he's superior to principalities. He's superior to darkness. He's superior to anxiety. He's superior to divorce. He's superior to sickness. He's better. He's greater. He's bigger. Jesus over everything. Okay. What's funny about these seven things is they're all different, but they're all exactly the same. Jesus is better. He's better, he's high, he's exalted, he rules, he reigns, he redeems, he saves. Jesus is over all things. Jesus is over all things. And this magnificence of Jesus must become our obsession in everything that we do as Christians, as followers of Jesus. These aspects of him, it's like looking at a diamond. There's so many facets and these aren't all of them. There's so many facets of who he is, but we need to know that he is the heir. He's the creator, the revealer, the sustainer, the redeemer, and supreme over everything. Okay, that is, if you wanna know, if you're thinking in this room, I'm just meeting Jesus. This is new to me, news to me. Perfect, that's a perfect place to be in. Because now you have been able to outline seven things about him that are absolutely true. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. And I've heard people verbalize this before when I've talked to people. I'm feeling kind of stagnant. I kind of feel like this is kind of it for me. I'm just kind of going to shuffle along. And like, what is there more for me? Is there more of who Jesus is? This is applicable to both of those groups and everything in between. Jesus, Jesus, okay, is all you need. And it sounds so corny and it sounds so simple, but those simple things, those simple things can be very profound. 
okay? If these aspects of Jesus were in the forefront of our minds, then we could truly hold on, okay? If you wanna know what a church that's bold and passionate and united and fierce looks like, it would be a church that holds on to these aspects of Jesus all the time. Not just right now when you're on this camp high and not just, you know, at church at 11 and nine o'clock on Sunday, but every moment of your life, you can know, no, Jesus is the ruler. No, Jesus paid for me. I'm not an accident. No, Jesus is in charge. Okay. And it's important. And there's, there's, there's so much to Jesus to be discovered. This isn't, you never stop learning about Jesus. And this is my prayer. God, show me more aspects of you. Show me more about who you are, what you've done, what you're doing in my life. This needs to be our obsession. This needs to be our one thing. Our one thing is the magnificence of Jesus. Okay, there's nothing more powerful. There's nothing that will transform our hearts and minds more. And there's nothing that will be more fulfilling to the heart. If you're in here and your heart is a little wanting, maybe in one way or another, I'm not sure. I want to tell you something, Jesus can fulfill it. And so what's our response in this? How do, we, how do we respond to this? It's pretty simple. You just have to turn your eyes. I love that hymn because it says, you turn your eyes upon Jesus. Think about these words for a second. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. It's so dim that it's almost strange, like you don't even recognize it. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, when you understand who he is, what he does, what he's doing, what he's done. Because sometimes it's easy to relate to the Holy Spirit. Like we're down here and we're crying because the Holy Spirit's moving. And sometimes it's easy to relate God as the initiator and Yahweh of the Old Testament who has laid out rules and love and, and care for us. But sometimes we think, okay, Jesus, thanks for the cross and we move on. But this is so important to be, this is our obsession is that how magnificent Jesus is, how glorious he is, what he's truly done. It should never be lost on us as young, capital young adults, what Jesus has truly done. And so if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, this is gonna be kind of a sweet time because it's, not, it's less about what we sing or what I say or what I pray. I want you to do some searching for a second. I'm gonna pray for a couple groups of people but get in a position where you're not relying on your neighbor. You're kind of doing your own thing. If you need to scoot a little bit, that's fine. Because this is about you and Jesus. I wanna, I, I'm not even gonna ask raise hands. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. You can do that later if you want to. But this is what you're gonna do with your own mouth, with your own mind, with your own heart. You're gonna ask Jesus to reveal himself to you in a new way. Maybe you're new and maybe you just started following Jesus and this is so cool because there's so much and maybe even following him for a long time. That's so cool because there's so much. It's the same. So right now with your own, the band will play. They might sing something. They, they make it sound so beautiful. But right now, this is so personal for you. I cannot do this work for you. Pastor Tracy can't do this work for you. You need to ask Jesus Reveal yourself to me in a new way. Show me, maybe one of these aspects you really identified personally with, and that's really what you need right now. Jesus can be what you need right now. So ask the Lord, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. 
show me who you are. And Lord, I pray as we even seek you in this time, I thank you that you promise that we will find you. You are to be found. You are available and open. And Jesus, I pray that Jesus would be revealed to these people. Reveal yourself to us, God. Reveal yourself. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our redeemer, that you died and you rose for our sin. Thank you that you're our sustainer, that you uphold every aspect of our life with a strong hand. Thank you, Jesus, that you rule and you reign and you sit enthroned. Lord, sit enthroned in our lives. Jesus, we give you access to come in and have every door opened. I pray this. For some of you, maybe it's easy for, for, for a lot of the doors. Maybe there's two or three doors, or maybe one door that you're like, I don't know how to let Jesus into that. If that's you, guess what? He, he can't open the door. You have to open it for him because he's never gonna force his way in. He's never gonna battering ram his way into your heart. He's just gonna, he's there and he's ready, but you have to do that work to open up your heart and give every access, every door, every room, every window. Jesus, we give you full access. Thank you that you are magnificent and that you are our one thing. You are our one thing. You're the reason we're sitting in the room right now. You're the reason that we come. You're the reason that we worship. So right now, take some time with the Lord if you need. Actually, we all need it. And you tell him, you ask. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.